announcements. But now it's over the announcements, so you can grab your Bible and then go to Matthew. <coughs> and we will read the ending verse of Matthew 19. Um, but just to set up where we are, uh, Jesus, um, oh yeah, I called it this, that is unfair. Like you saw my fantastic illustri- live illustration here. Uh, we'll see if the Bible hopefully makes more sense than my illustration did. Um, but before we get there, we just um, last week this man rejected Jesus. This beautiful call he, that Jesus gets to, got, gave to so few, come and follow me. He rejected that because he had many possessions. And then, <laughs> then the question that we were um, just doing in the end was that Peter rightly points out to Jesus, hey, what do we get? Because we did sell everything and follow you. Um, so we're still in kind of the response to that. Jesus said you will receive uh, a hundredfold back. You will, you will receive it, um, eternal life. And that you will judge uh, Israel also. But then, oh, but yeah. So that's where we're at. And then now we'll read together. And we will read um, nine, chapter 19, 30 through 19, tw- uh, 2019. <coughs> but many who are first will be last. And the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going again at the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came and each reached a denarius, now when those hired first came, they thought they would be received more, but each of them received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last workers only worked one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat but he replied to one of them friend I am doing you no wrong did you not agree with me for denarius take what belongs to you and go I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you I am not am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me or do you begrudge me my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. And Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. He took the twelve disciples aside on the way and said to them, 
see, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. So I've had a, <laughs> I think I had a long time with, the, um, with some of Jesus is saying in Matthew, where we're like, oh, is that really what he's saying? And then a little bit, no, that's what he's saying. This uh, statement has been like one of these statements where I have been puzzled a lot of times, and then sometimes I thought, no, I get it now. And then next time I read it, I was like, I don't remember if I understand what I meant. Or if somebody asked me, can you explain what this means? I was like, yeah, no, well, well, I mean, so it's one of those things where I'm like, but what is it that you mean, Jesus? I do think, like most of the times, we have to look at the context. What is Jesus responding to here? Um, And what is he saying will happen also? And so he um, <coughs> he uses this illustration like I tried to do my work. They were fantastic, by the way, the kids. I think it was the person that was trying to come up with the illustration that wasn't as good. But Jesus does it better. He uh, explains something with, which would be very familiar, that day laborers would go, stand in the market, and wait for somebody to come and hire them. A denarius was the normal wage for a day's work. And so uh, he goes out first and he hires some to come in. And then, okay, man, there's, there's still lots of things to do. And maybe the well is not as good as I, as the, as the, what's his name, as the, as the, as the um, owner was thinking. It's like, maybe, maybe it's going to rain. We need to get these grapes down faster. I'll go get more workers. And then it's still like we, we're not we're not getting these grapes in. Well, let's go, let's go we get more workers. Let's go get more workers. Let's go get more workers. Um, and so he continues to go out and and continues to get more people. And and as you can see, the first people work twelve hours. They work a long day, and then it gets progressively less. So that's kind of where we have the story, and then it, then then we end up with uh, Jesus, um, Jesus telling them again about how we, they were on their way to Jerusalem. Now, to bring it back to kind of where I was going to start is, and what I titled this is, "That's unfair." That's unfair. Because what did you feel as you were reading? <laughs> Now, if you are not like a holy and pious, what did you think about when we read? In our house, it's more people are saying, uh, in Danish, it's, oh, that's new. Uh, that's, that's like unfair. And I, sometimes I, <laughs> I would ask my kids, because sometimes it's totally random. It's like a person from that class got to do something, and my kids were like, that's like unfair. I was like, what? What do you mean? How, how can that be unfair? 
It's like, yeah, they got to go there. It's not like, how, how can that be unfair? Um, and sometimes I, and sometimes if my kids do it to each other, I, or say like this, hypothetically, some of my kids would say something that the, somebody from school got to do, and I would say, I would just like, try to calm my, one of my daughters down and see, what is your name? Says yeah, but I down. <laughs> See, she knows that's true. <laughs> I'll calm her down. And said, "What's your name?" And she says, "My name is." No, <laughs> so they will say their name, and I was like, "Yeah." So you're not that other person. So you can't say something unfair. That wasn't for you. You're not that person. Okay. But that's of course kids. But we adults, we know better. We are never, we never say those things. <laughs> but, or maybe we did, because maybe the text already, as I read this text, I was like, <laughs> in me, I don't know about you, but in me, there's like, this is unfair. Like, some of the people worked all day, and it was hot and different things. And the last person comes in, he works one hour and gets the same thing. I mean, that's unfair, right? <clears throat> In our lives, we can kind of be the same. I'm not saying, okay, let's use me as an example. So some, I played soccer, and I had a high view of how good I was, or a low view of how good the other people were. And I was like, I worked so hard, I should be able to, just do, to play, because I'm better than them. Now, that was probably not an unbiased <laughs> assessment, and I wasn't the coach, and I wasn't playing as much, so I think the coach was right. But I could feel I could feel that that was unfair. Hey, I did I did what I could do. Why am I not playing? Or let's say hypothetically, I went to school and sometimes I felt like I did a way better job on my assignments, but I would get lower grades than other ones. And of course, I knew better than the teacher that I was better than the other people. So of course, that was unfair. And maybe I even maybe I even worked harder. Also, at least I thought I did, but I never did work that hard in school. But I just felt that like I did. So, but I would have a, I would have a sense of like, oh man, that's unfair. Or maybe if we have to bring it a little closer up to where we are now, you might be working in a group work. And at the end of it all, at the end of a whole semester, you get the same grade as the slacker in your group. And you're like, I worked this hard and I get the same grade at that person that never showed up for class. That's unfair. That is unfair. Or even up, to, even further up, like you're at work. You're doing a good job at work. You're working hard. Somebody steals your work, takes the glory, gets the promotion, gets all the praise of the people. That's unfair. Well, <clears throat> Jesus is uh, telling this story, and the first thing he says is not, This is what the kingdom of this earth is like. No, he says, This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. (coughs) 
he addresses also Peter again and us when we might have a tendency to like and it goes good with Mar- Maya says this is like what do I get God what are you going to give me but is there a tendency that we can miss the greatest gift again Peter's question comes after him giving everything physically up to follow Jesus saying he will get eternal life but he also starts kind of like going at but what's in your heart when you ask this question is it really about you gaining me or are you looking for something else and so Jesus will then by this story kind of explain that oh thank you thank you will explain that kind of hard thing of there is some kind of reversal that will happen. That the people in this world that seem to have everything, they might seem to not have much. That the people that are highly praised in this life might not be the people that will be highly praised in the next life. So there's something kind of reversal, and I was thinking about when Myers was was sharing today, and it's been kind of like through Matthew, like Jesus, like you should take the position of a child, you should be the lowest, you should be the slave of all, you should give up your life and serve, and it's and it's not in my notes, and I'm still, <laughs> but we see the greatest reversal is the king of heaven steps out of heaven gets born in as a baby to take the lowest position of all to go into what he created he is also the first person like he gives up so much more than we ever understand he's also the first person who lives this life to the glory of the Father and the good of us and he lays down his life. He is the one who gave up most to be the lowest. He was the one who gave up his life but he was the first to raise from life. So in this, in this grand reversal of all things the king of heaven steps in. He comes in becomes despised by the people he created he dies he, he, but he's the first one to rise so through the whole Matthew we see Jesus living out all of his teachings and then he does, he does these illustrations to like okay guys you have to have a different view of what the kingdom of heaven looks like and, and I just think I was, th- I was thinking a few things or when I was preparing and that that when our hearts I don't know about you but I I did say I was like that is unfair like uh, like how can you give the same to the person who works one hour and I'm I'm sure I would be the one pointing out that it was hot when I was picking grapes <laughs> I was like dude it was hot like I was just like 
Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, but what is it that happens? Like, you know, the man starts complaining, but he got what they had, he had got exactly that amount that they had agreed on. But then he starts comparing. He starts comparing to what another person gets. And then that's where the unfairness part comes. But God, how can you do this to that person? Why didn't you give me the race? Why didn't you give me better health? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Why are you doing this in this person's life and not in my life? And I just think that God would take us, as I do to my, ch- my children, and say, what is your name? Don't worry about the other people. You're created to be you. We are not created so... <sighs> We are not created so that we can compare, compare each other to one another. Because we don't even have the same genes. We don't grow up the same place. We don't have the same gifts. We don't have the same abilities. We don't have the same opportunities. So why would we think that God would deal exactly the same with all of us? So, so the comparison kills and it creates envy in us or it can I was thinking also that Jesus is also kind of talking to his disciples about what's going to happen that, that as they will labor on, as, as they will actually understand after Jesus' resurrection, after Pentecost, when they get the Holy Spirit, as they, as they will start experiencing what Jesus experienced, as, as they will give up their lives to follow Jesus, preach and teach, they will get mocked. They will get killed, some of them. Some of them will live their whole lives doing this and then at the end of time the disciple was like reading Revelation <laughs> people are looking they're looking in and they're like hey how's things going and, they, and then and then like at the last time just before just before Jesus comes back people repent and they're like hey they'll be there too and maybe if we're bringing closer to home now Have we sometimes, of course not you guys because you are good Christians, but have you sometimes thought, maybe you just thought about it, you didn't say it out loud, or maybe you didn't, there's like one person you really, really don't like and you really feel like they should go to hell. Of course not you guys, but let's say hypothetically you did. Or that some people become believers and you have been walking with Jesus for a long time. And it's not been fun the whole time. You've been ridiculed, humiliated. You have many scars on you. You see some people come in. They might even have given you the scars. They've turned to Jesus now. 
but you have become the older brother in apparel of the good father. And you're like, you guys don't deserve this. I've labored hard. I give my whole life to this and you guys come in this late. You don't deserve this. So when the man starts complaining about getting the same wages, we see the we see the response of the the, the owner. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what I belongs to me? Or do you begrudge me my generosity? Now, could our hearts sometimes be so dark that we would sometimes withhold even the good news of salvation for some because we think they don't deserve it? For some, it's themselves. They're like, oh no, I cannot, you know, I've been gone too far. But some of the rest of us were like, this is unfair, it would be other people. Or even people feel, feel like don't that's not doing a good enough job. Or at least God is blessing them beyond what they should be even what they should have. But can you hear it in our own ears? It's so ridiculous. I know it's so ridiculous, but I don't know. <laughs> How could we say that somebody else don't deserve something from God when we've never deserved it? How can we then say, I deserve more than somebody else? Doesn't that show that we, that now our hearts have gone to like, this is mine, I can decide what everybody else can get. I can be the judge of who gets what. And the owner says, no, it doesn't work that way doesn't work that way I can be as generous as I want to everyone my generosity is not as po- is not a poverty like you have in your hearts towards other people my generously my generosity is lavish To explain, to explain this reversal that Jesus is talking about, the first will be last, and the last will be first. He also gears us into the second part of the text, and again explains how he is going to die. He explained for this time for the third time, and something I've never, never understood or never seen is that. 
each time he says something, more things are revealed to the disciples. So this time we will get crucifixion uh, and flogging, which we haven't had the two other times. So it's a progressive, it reveals more and more what's going to happen. It also reveals like kind of what, what I was saying before, that that Jesus is now fulfilling all of his teaching of becoming the very lowest. He now is going the king of heaven will now sacrifice himself will go to Jerusalem he again explains it to the disciples we've seen in the other text what they really hear is that he's going to die they kind of miss the good news that it's the last verse but they they do this and and in this part yeah like I said he would say (coughs) takes them and he even takes them aside on the way and says see we're going to Jerusalem up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn him to death so we've heard that before then they will deliver him over to the Gentiles he'll be mocked flogged crucified that's really bad news the good news lies in the second part and he will be raised on the third day so in this in this whole Jesus has just talked about the gener- generosity of the Father calling people to himself and then he explains how he has come to show this generosity the verse that maybe some of you have learned by heart and also somebody yelled out it was had to think Jesus came to show who God is nobody has ever seen God but Jesus is the exact imprint of who he is so he came to show that he also came to show how generous God is every time we have an offer we're like talking about how generous God is but here we see that God is so generous and so puts himself so low that there is room for us to be saved through his life, his death and his resurrection. (coughs) So just just like one note before we tie it up there. Um, I'm not saying that we as Christians shouldn't say things are unfair. Uh, there's lots of horrible things, injustice, crime, human trafficking. All those, all those things are injustice and they scream to heaven like Abel's blood does. The problem we have sometimes when we things on, see, see things as unfair is we look at it from our own perspective and what do we get out of it? Yes, there are plenty of things in this world that is unjust. And we should work to be that God's justice and God will be glorified in all these things. So I'm not saying that there's not things that are unjust. Absolutely there are. That's why God is so generous in giving us his son. Because that needs to be, that needs to be corrected. And justice will come. Absolutely it will. And we can do what we can do as we're here as shining lights in this world. So I'm not saying that there are things that are not unjust. 
I think what we have to be careful is when we say that's unfair because then it's more about us than it's about the other things. And I think when we do cry that there's injustice, I do, I do think God would say and Jesus would say, I know. I know the world's broken. I know that there's injustice. Do you know what? One thing happened at the cross. That's when you can stop saying it's unfair. Because there was something that wasn't fair. That was it. So as Christians, we can look through the cross and say, okay, I can stop saying it's unfair. Because if I get to what's fair, there's no gain for me. So we can say, yes, there's many things that are unjust. They will be taken care by the one who endured the cross when he will judge the living and the dead. So in this world, our, and what Myers was encouraging us all to do was, and I could just share a slight, t- small testimony as, I, as we're just wrapping it up. I've been trying to do what the monk did. You know, I shared the thing on Thanksgiving. I've been trying to do that. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes not. But you know what? I, I don't have a thing. I write down 1 to 11 and I write it down. The days I do that, Thankfulness changes everything. Thankfulness for God, to Jesus, and power, power to live my life changes everything. The days I didn't do that this week, it was hor- <laughs> it was terrible days. I was just trying to live by myself. I know, like, and you know, like, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy. I rushed to it. And I was like, the day just becomes, ugh. I have no, because I, I haven't given thanks to God. I haven't, not enjoyed Jesus and I have not asked for the power to live a life so like why would it go well but in doing it it just shows how generous God is that if I do that it changes it changes to really treasure who Jesus is treasure who God is ask for the power to live the life it just really changes how I view things and you know what I probably did they that days go well I probably wouldn't complain and say it's unfair because I wouldn't be so thinking about myself so much. I'll be like having power to think, how can I help others? And that's the way we live. Through the power of Jesus, we, we live for him to be something, to be encouragement to others. And just, if you're like me, <laughs> and this, 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 this has laid you bare and you just thought, you just seen you are more horrible than you thought you were, that's where we go we come the same way we come and then we just like Jesus like I give you these things I didn't even know I had them I didn't know I had envy and I didn't know I had still frustration and I think about myself too much about what's unfair for me and and then we give it to Jesus and be like please take it you know that's why you came and then we can also treasure him for what he's doing and for everyone, or for anyone who doesn't know, this is what gener- this is what Jesus, this is how generous God is. He shows us that in Jesus we can come to Him, and the treasure is Him. And then we can have lots of questions about what, uh, also the later in the end of John, 
Jesus has just said to Peter, you're gonna die a horrible death. Yeah, but what about John? It's like, if I want him to live forever, what is that to you? You follow me. So let's remember <laughs> to look to Jesus as the, our gift and say, as, as the treasure and not be so worried about what everybody else is doing. But pray for one another that we will do what God has for us. And I can just, yeah, now, now I am ending. But that's what we want for all of you. Do we want you all to stay in Olbo? No. None of God leads you somewhere else. Then we want you there. Will we miss you? Yes, absolutely we will. But the mission is not for us to become a huge church, but it is for to disciple everyone that if they leave, they'll be more joyful in who Jesus is than when they came. And they would want to tell other people about it. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time when we can come and worship you in song and in giving and in singing and praying and testifying and the reading of your word. Jesus, thank you for laying our hearts bare where things need to change because we need to see you clearer. We have to have a better picture of who you are, Jesus, so that our hearts can change to love you more and to focus on you and not so much about ourselves. Let's pray there's no shame, pain, and condemnation there. We bring those things to you. You set us free from them and that we will live looking more to you. So we ask for that. And that we have to pray for your Holy Spirit to work among us. That we will really see that you are the greatest treasure and God that you are the most generous of all. Lord, I pray that we will not despise one another when, when some, someone is blessed that we will, as a body, rejoice with one another that things are well, that we will weep when we need to weep with one another, but that we will, together, enjoy and be thankful for who you are, Jesus. And we ask that you would help us to do that day by day, moment by moment, by the power of your Holy Spirit as you reveal to us, Jesus, what you taught. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.